Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the latest episode of Old Brother, a podcast about Salford slash Manchester's legendary musical institution, The Fall. Each week we invite on a guest to chat about their experiences and memories of the group. You can find us at Spotify, Apple and all the usual suspects, but we're hosted at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash Old Brother. All episodes are also available on YouTube. Search for Old Brother Podcast and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. This week we're joined by the 41st best stand-up ever, the very brilliant Stuart Lee. He talked to us before his wonderful Snowflake Tornado show at the Lowry in January. Hope you enjoy it. Oh, welcome to the latest edition of Old Brother, a podcast about the fall with me, Paul Hanley, and my esteemed brother, Stephen Hanley. Delighted to say we've got our guest today, who's none other than the estimable Stuart Lee, That's comedian, fabulous. writer, broadcaster, TV star, 41st best stand up in. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> going up or down? With the 41st with a bullet. I don't know. <laughs> who, who decides on things? The public. Was it yeah. GQ? No, I, thought, I don't know what that. Was. I think that one was a mix of if it, when it's t- decided by broadcasters like the Dave Channel, well, I'm never in it. They just sort of forget. I don't think they consider to me be a comedian. But, sort of, but sometimes when the public vote for it, I get into them. But then it sort of depends. Like everything these days, it depends on whether you've got an active social media profile. Yeah, and I haven't got one at all. So drive it. I don't, I'm off it. So. Well, we, we'll probably talk about that. We yeah, must well, talk about the yeah, fall at some point. That that must be a, quite. Is you not? Do you not get a push from management of things that you should have? Um, no, but I know there's certain jobs you can't get anymore because the first thing people do is look at how many followers you've got for something. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I also think that uh, rumours grow about you um, because everyone else 
is instantly there to clarify what's been said about them. Yeah. But mm. as a Fall fan, I quite like it, <laughs> the unfocused mystery that yeah. surrounds things where, you know, I, I like not really knowing and, yeah. and the group not being the sort of group that had a, um, a presence where you knew them as personalities. Yeah. So you're focused on the work. You yeah. Know, so I kind of think... It's because we didn't have a personality. No, no there's no... Person. But it's, it's funny that because it's that, that whole thing with the Fall because there's certain people who are obsessed with it and it's yeah. like... It's gradually everything's being found out. So yeah. there was, you know, did they play there in this year? I have no idea. And it's the filling in the blanks now. So that basically, at some point in the near future, someone's going to be able to tell you everything you did mm-hmm. between 1979 and 1998. Yeah. That's true of everything, isn't it? I'm yeah. Like, I, I, I found this really pro feminist quote by um, Tony Parsons. <laughs> from now, right? And I thought, I bet, and you know, cause you, I thought, I bet he said something the opposite of that in the past. Right? Yes. Because that's the thing now, isn't it? Like, can you, people getting caught out by what they've said yes, before? Yeah. So I just put loads of different combinations of Tony Parsons and different words into search engine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I found a scene <laughs> from, two, from 2003 where he was saying women are the same as bananas and he likes them firm and fresh. I was going, oh, oh yeah. Right. But it's just that, I mean, everything. Everything is found now. Isn't it? Yes, everything is found. Yeah, and and um, but then it is amazing. And I was thinking about the, f- the first time I saw the fall was at the Elephant Fair, but also weirdly earlier on in that day was uh, John Martin. You know, you might remember. yeah. And a, a, a fourteen, a sixteen-year-old in nineteen eighty-four didn't know who John Martin was because the immediate past just evaporated. Didn't yes, it? you know, it did. and he came out and this bloke, he looked like nothing. He did this amazing hour of like echoplexes. You know. Mm-hmm. Which again, I've never heard anything like it. And I was saying to people, "Who's that?" An old hippie's going, "It's John Martin." Like, why don't you know that? And of course, pretty soon after that, he became not very good anyway. Yeah. You know. Then the other day, I was thinking about it, and I thought, "I wonder if you know that's there." And I put John Martin Elephant Fair into the search engine, and a recording comes up of a couple of the songs. It was just as I remembered it, with not many people there, old people talking, and you know, everything's just. Yeah, it's, it's amazing right, now yeah. is when you can't find something. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. But, but there isn't a fall recording from Elephant Fair. I don't believe anyway. I don't think I've so. got one. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, was, I was looking at the set on a little tape. You know, when oh, you used right. to go in the market. Yeah. About a week later, from getting the yeah. little tapes with a yeah. Yeah. Well, right. I was looking at the set. It was quite. That was quite the greatest hit. That set. There's six set. singles in the set. Yeah. That was must have right, been our yeah. festival set. I, I must have been Briggs's influence that. Yeah. Because yeah, it yeah. was far more crowd pleasing. Well, it's all relative. Well, in a really long version of Garden as well. Could never go on too long as far as I was. Well, we've got. That's the thing. The Peel session version of that is longer mm. than some other Peel sessions. Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. relentless, isn't it? Well, it's interesting that, because, I mean, there's that, there's that recording onto Charles Turns where he's shouting, stop bloody improvising. And yet it seems to me that, less Mark didn't notice that's what you were doing, that a lot of the songs are built on fairly sturdy foundations, then with lots of like, improvisations over them. Yeah, that was, yeah. The, that was the Carl thing, wasn't it? If you can get that one note and do something with it yeah. for 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah. that's when you... Like Andy State and all that, I mean... Yeah, that, that was the kind of thing Carl taught us, didn't it? Yeah. Right, to, Did he? To, to use that one riff and play it in a lot of different ways really? and build it up yeah, and drop yeah. it back down again. And yeah, yeah, yeah we learned that from him, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, because I mean, of that first album, he's, he's, he's in doing whatever the hell he likes. And yeah. it's just like, <laughs> So when he went off and came back, he was. 
slightly more under control, if you like. But that's when I think he was brilliant, Carl. Man. Without, you know, being in, when we had the two drummers, he was just mm. off the chart drummer. I was just, yeah. you know, in awe of it, really. But I haven't said that I play all the good bits on Garden anyway. But. Yeah. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what he's doing now? No. no. Attempt, when are they always saying everyone knows everything? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Except about Carl. So where Carl Burns is. No, we tried to track him down, didn't yeah. we? When Paul's book came out. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I, we, I went to the last place I'd known where he'd live in. But the, the old Asian woman sat in the living room didn't know much about him, did she? No. Yeah, he's the uh, Uncle Ben of the fall. You know, <laughs> the, only, the only one they don't bring back to life, I think. Yeah, he's managed to move. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it must be, he's deliberate on his part. You, you, I mean, fairly recently you had concert with him. Well, it's not that recently now. It's when the, when the Fallen came out. Yeah. The Dave Simpson book, he rang me because they'd been in touch with him for like an extra chapter for the paperback, yeah. and he was debating on whether to do it or not. He ended up not doing it, and then he rang me a couple of times, but that's the last of it from yeah, yeah. Why did he not do it? You don't know. Because he, 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 he didn't like the way he'd been portrayed through that book. Did, uh, did you ever discuss how he was portrayed in your book? Or did you never get that far? Well, I've not been in contact with him since... Oh, of course, the ball was before, well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So he's, he's definitely getting back, not getting back in touch yeah. now. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He comes across very well. Yeah. Actually, but then another thing about it is all the books, and I haven't, you know what, there's so many full books, there's about four I haven't read now, you know, that have come out. Yeah, there's another one coming out no, soon. There's another one yeah. soon. It's, um, you must get them all. It was a blog. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good blog. It is, yeah. 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 It's... Yeah. It, it will be a good book, I think. Uh, I think it's a great blog. I don't yeah. know what. Uh, uh, have you had? Have you had a copy of it then? Is it... Um, no, but he's, he's. I think he wants me to write an intro for it or something. Now, which is another one of my main <laughs> jobs is writing. <laughs> 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 but there's so many different books now that, as a fan, you get you, you realise it makes you think about what is a true story mm. because so, so many different uh, people remember things differently you know a lot of it I don't yeah. think there is such a thing as a well, true story when we, we made that documentary about the Nightingales with um, Mark that was Humming, great yeah. I'm really glad you thought it was very funny yeah, but that, that, that became yeah. immediately apparent from the start that no mm. one would remember the incidents the same yeah, so no. we made that a feature of it rather yeah. than trying to get a definitive thing we would cut it to immediately someone saying oh, I was there and that never happened John Taylor that's <laughs> John Taylor's we never was a good sport <laughs> wasn't he to do that you know? yeah yeah we had yeah. to get him on like one day in between being in Barbados and outer space yeah because I thought that watching um, Let It Be yeah, well, yeah. And so if you no, not let it be, um, get back. Yeah, yeah. So if you watch Let It Be and then you watch Get Back, they're two different stories, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember watching that Beatles the documentary that came out the sort of twelve part one in the early nineties. Anthology. Yeah. And all I remembered about that period was, it's funny if I started doing it on stage last night, his voice and this bit, and no one in the audience knew what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> but when George Harrison's going. My only desire is to please you. Yeah, it's a former McCartney. When you've only seen that, but you think, God, that must have been an awful period. Yeah. But then you watch that 15 and a half hour long yeah, yeah. book with Jackson, and you go, oh, no, it's like anything. It was all different bits. Yeah. And that's what you get from all the four books, actually. Yeah. Know, that it wasn't, <laughs> everyone had different highs and lows. So, yeah. it was, you know. Well, it's like that. that- Get, let, let it be turns out to be about Lindsay Hogg at the end doesn't he yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the star of the film there's a great bit when they pull him up on the roof and he's yeah. like I'm making no effort whatsoever here. But then Paul McCartney's pulling him up on the roof and you know this is Paul McCartney you, you twist his finger here 
Well, that's, uh, I thought that was brilliant, that yeah, Peter Jackson. Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? I mean, and it also showed... Uh, that. <laughs> well, it showed people trying to collaborate. Yeah. And, you know... And also, he was, you know, Lennon in that period, like, you know, he was just on heroin, he was useless, but it's only the first bit when he's yeah, useless, he yeah, yeah. wakes up a bit towards the no, end. What, I mean, it was a terrible idea, well, let's all sit around in a studio. <laughs> it's like a film studio, it's just like a big bloody... Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. It's like a warehouse, and they just have to sit there with 14 million cameras on them yeah. and write an album. It's not the easiest, no. <laughs> So where were, where were we? We must talk about this, this the fall. That must come up at some point. So King, Rock, I was going to say about King Rocker. Do you think there's a doc, do you think that's a possibility? Not not that one you want yeah. to do, but how you'd make a definitive thing about the fall? Because there is that one that they did when with the yeah, that wasn't great. It, it wasn't great. No. Well, I remember being a talking head in one for the BBC about twenty years ago. Right. Um, I think it was called the wonderful evening. Yeah. I suppose the difference. Your bit was good. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say your bits are very good. <laughs> well, I, 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 no, they were. I mean, I suppose it, I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose the story's sort of finished now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, and there was Mark had a lot of say in that in, yeah. in who they talked to. Yeah, I it, guess it would be easier. Now. Yeah, well, yeah. The thing about yeah. the Nightingales was it's they were. You know, if you're a John Peel listener from the 80s, you know who they are. But to most people, it was unknown. So what it became was a story about some guy trying to do a thing for 45 years. And people like my my stepfather's partner is like, you know, 80, related to it as that and wasn't mm-hmm. really interested in it being about how post-punk impacted on the industrial midlands. You know? Yeah, yeah. The thing about the fall is, so many people got a stake in it, haven't they? It would be like a nightmare to. Yeah, yeah. And so many people feel that it hadn't represented, or it had represented, or it wouldn't. You know, I don't know. I, I really don't know how you do things. We, we we did that film just the way we did it because as soon as we started filming it, we realised that everyone had different stories. I mean, it happened here actually with on Mark, on Mark Riley's show. I was, well, that was the first bit of film we did, and I realised that in that day. No one could remember everything. They think they all contradict each other. Everyone's going to have to have some fun with this, you know. <laughs> but, there's, but there's a lot of footage. That the other thing about Nine Girls was there's hardly any footage. Right? We didn't have much for budget, but in a way, it wasn't a problem because there's only like three bits of film of them. Whereas there's a lot of stuff, isn't it? Mm. There is a, there's a weirdly surprisingly because. Obviously, the Hacienda thing was a big thing because yeah. they filmed everything. Yeah. So there's a lot of film from that. But even like in America and stuff, there's that you know, totally wired and not from the book yeah, club. There's a lot. Yeah. There's, yeah. You never see bands at that level. Thing on that Tony Wilson program from like the first album, where yeah, a, mm. a single light bulb in what looks like sort of a cellar in a prison. Oh, oh yes, that's that's John Cooper Clark's house. Was it? Yeah, because right. that was. Eric, who's the bass player, he, Junkie McLaren, sort of gave him the fall, if you like. Oh, right. <laughs> That'd be too good. Yeah, so he was Junkie McLaren, one of his musicians, and yeah, he said, yeah. when they were looking for the bass player, you should have Eric, he'll mm-hmm. do. So that's in Junkie McLaren's house, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it is, it's somewhere, somewhere up in Rottenstock. It might just be too big a story as well, because that's the thing that they, that the whole story, that's the thing about that book about all who, who's been in it. Mm. That became like a sort of social history of post-war. Yeah, 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 like yeah. What what sorts of people did different things? Yeah. If you focused in on a bit of it, like just yeah. your story or yeah. someone that was in it for nine months or something, maybe yeah. that would be a way of, I don't know, really, you know. Because it's a shame that it ended when it did because there's, and I know you've talked about that last 10 years yeah. it's been a real because it's a, it's a, like a happy ending in a way isn't it's it if you, anybody, no, I've been listening to the first 20 years today <laughs> and that is that is one 
that sort of a got a through line, isn't it? Yeah, really, yeah. Mainly built around around you, Steve. You know, being being, being all being, being all the way through that period, and, and that that sound is so distinctive to it. You know, and then then the, then the last ten years seem to have an identity. I'm not saying it was the best, but it did have. It did. It did seem to have a stability to it. Yeah, I th- I think it was probably what Mark thought of as the best. I think it served him better, and I think I think weirdly. They got to be more the fall that he wanted them to be because he left them alone to do it, which is a bit of a, you know. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know from close up, but as an onlooker, it seemed to serve him better because he got to the point where he wasn't concerned about the intricacies of arriving at the correct points in songs. Really. No. Not that it was ever a huge concern, no. but <laughs> no. the, sort of music, the sort of music that you were doing with him had, did have. had middle eights or it had... Verses and choruses. There were structured things yeah. that he would have to get right. When, and then he got, it got to the point where really it was a... Um, it was like a platform that had a relationship with sort of rock music, but he could kind of do what come, he wanted. Come in and out and do what you yeah. I mean, yeah. So for the case in point being, when the lineup before that fell apart in Tucson or somewhere on a Tuesday, <laughs> by Thursday he got another American place yeah, yeah. to play these six yeah. simple riffs, and it carried that became quite a good lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that suited that that thing. It's great. That dark my look. That's them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to make because. He didn't do that, but when Steve left, if you look at the gigs they did immediately after that, it was like yeah. Julia and a Casino with no, I saw one of the which ended with um, Michael Clark holding a stool over his yeah, head. And yeah, I think about, about Yeah, and, and <laughs> that was the, if it's me and your granny on bongos, it's all yeah, yeah. quote. And uh, I'm, I don't know them, but I remember speaking to, I remember it was at the Dingwalls, I remember Damon Olbarn and Juliet Frischman from Alaska, I think we were a couple at the time, sort of standing at the bar looking traumatised and shell-shocked <laughs> while members of the public tried to comfort them almost. It was really strange. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's probably thinking. People think I like this shit. <laughs> it was just worrying and baffling, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but the, the, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the, the thing to get up and do it is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm nice about... Because that, that, that gig was actually booked... That was supposed yeah. to be. That, that I was booked to do that gig. That, oh, was, yeah. that was the next gig after we got back from. Supposed to be the next gig after we got back from America. Right. Okay. So it was fairly recent. It's fairly short. Pretty quick. I'm sure. Oh yeah. You can't give it info. Oh, I definitely. I mean, this, this feels a bit ghoulish, and I think it's. I feel bad about talking to it, but I know Carlton B. Morgan, who's a writer from South Wales, and he'd written a, a novel with this American writer Camden Joy, who's a great novelist. They wrote a novel about. An, an, an archaeologist trying to find the severed head of the, the statue of Pan in in uh, South Wales and a guy who knew him going to see the fall on that gig where everyone mm-hmm. fell out right? mm-hmm. and the stories kind of cross over right because yeah. there's a graphic novel about with yeah, that gig in here as well yeah, yeah. But that, anyway Carlton had got the film of that he got a film of that night mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and it was a weird thing to see and then when they were making that BBC thing the woman said do you know anyone who's got the film of that and I went well, I do, but I, it feels like an absolute betrayal of trust to tell anyone where yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't, but they yeah. did find it somehow, you know. Well, it's all it's it's out, again. It's all on YouTube now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's how you watch. Sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> it does. When, when, when you actually all get four, four of you on the stage at the same time. Did you feel relieved about that in the end? Afterwards, or more about it finishing like that? Or no, 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 no. I think you know. 
if you do something like that for 20 years yeah. and you reach 40, you yeah. kind of think that this is you. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a kind of cast adrift. Right. Yeah. Quite traumatised by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was the, well, not so much that, it was the years building up to it before yeah. it, which was pretty grim. Mm-hmm. We did try, I did try writing a follow-up to the big video. Oh, I've said, said this in the podcast. We just might. During the lockdown, but it was just too difficult. Was it? I'm yeah. so tired of it. Yeah, it was just yeah. a, it would have been a, what do you call it, a misery memoir. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, only for a bit though, do you not think? You, you, you kind yeah. of. But then, yeah, but then we, we'd get, get it together and then we'd join Tom English's band. Yeah. But then you start writing about that and it's. Did a good gig, had a pint, went home. It's like, there's not a lot. This, is not, a lot this is not interesting. It's the chaos of fear. Yeah, it might not be what you want to do, but it's certainly easier to write about yeah, what you would think, wouldn't yeah. it? But, yeah. How often can you write that? Well, yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, that, that becomes. There's no story there. Yeah. Once. But, no, but, no, but that's, why, that's what I thought I'd be. There's no story to what I do now. I can't come to places like this and actually hear. I can be back at the hotel on the other side of the docks by 11 in my head. <laughs> if I'm playing my cards right, you know. But it's a, it's a wearying thing, though, isn't it? You, and I wouldn't like to think he did it deliberately, Mark, because there's no tension and there's, therefore there's no artistic tension. So you've got to make everyone's life a fucking misery in order to create enough creative tension to move you on. Well, that, a bit of that. That's so a bit depressing. Yeah, but a bit of that, I can see, but... When it goes over the top, when it goes too far, but it's, I don't think. Well, the, the falls. The, the, I, it's not what people get from gigs. I don't think anymore. Do they? They're all very slick these days. I think. Yeah, I mean, um, that was one of the things. You know what? I was in the I was in the Imperial War Museum here the other day. When lockdown started, I um, thought I'm sick of wearing these boring masks. I've gone <laughs> Reddit and see what they've got that I like. So I've got some of Italian westerns, one of some. I've got one of the first. There's a. I've got a face mask somewhere of the first album lineup from the floor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and was, yeah, and I was there. But I thought, oh, I better not wear that. Today. It look a bit weird, but I've told you about it. Anyway. I was coming out of the Imperial War Museum, and the uh, the security guard woman went, "Oh, come here, love. Let me embrace you." And I thought. Uh oh, she's seen a gig of mine, and uh, you know, it'd be all right. And she went, and then she didn't know who I was. She wanted to talk about the fall, right? And so many people do this. If they know you're a fan, they bump into you somewhere. People talk about how they went for ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years. Some people, and they they miss the sort of um, the kind of uh, foot football fan aspect of it, where you were committed to some mm. team. And, Good or bad, yeah. Yeah, and you didn't know what was yeah. going to happen. Yeah, you yeah. know what's going to, and you didn't, and you you didn't. If if a gig went really wrong. It didn't matter because there'd be another one along in four months' time, yeah. and that would be totally different. And sometimes you could go three nights in a row to the same venue, and the new people are working something out or whatever. And each night would be completely yeah. different. And that is an anathema to people now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and they want to. I mean, I went to see Idols, who I liked the other day, and it was great. But and one of the things about it was the lighting show was uncharacteristically well thought out for a rock gig but afterwards I thought oh, that means they've got to hit certain yeah yeah exactly certain the same points. every yeah. night yeah. there's got to be a yeah. certain 
was, you know, you didn't really know with, um, and it wasn't just because we didn't know what state Mark was going to be in. Sometimes it would be because the whole thing would lock into something yeah. and go up a level. Mm. And you didn't really know. We did talk about that before. Oh, you can, did, you can you play the that. same riff one night and play the same yeah. the next, and it not, it'd, yeah. it'd be shit. But you, I'm not sure how you quantify it. That is the same with, with like, 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 there's two bits, there's four or five bits in this current show in the stand up where I can. Go to different things if it picks up, and there's a guy who's been three times this week, and he sits near the front, and it's become quite funny because I started talking to him last night. I got to this bit about cesspits, right? <laughs> and on a good night, there's this one word of it that usually makes the audience really laugh, and I can go off into this improvisation that I can change every night, and it didn't happen last night for whatever reason. They just didn't laugh at this one word they normally laugh at. And I said to the bloke on the front row, and that's weird because I can't do that bit now. Yeah. yeah, it was 15 minutes last week. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I can't do it tonight. You've seen, see what I mean? I said, see what I mean? How hard it is? I said, see how hard it is for me? Every night I have to make choices in real time about where, what direction to go in, and yet I still have to get back to the main story of it. It's very difficult. And then he went, well, it is your job. <laughs> <laughs> That's really shining daylight on the magic. I know you do that when you do transcribe the books, but that's cheating, isn't it? Do you get resentment from other comedians from that? Or uh, well, has anyone else done that? No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like the magic circle, do you know? Do you... Yeah, that's, well, I think it's funny, you know. <laughs> I only brought it up, though, because, you know, you can listen to recordings of the same... Like that whole America tour period and the, mm-hmm. on the Australia-New Zealand one. I mean, there's a lot of recordings of the Australia-New Zealand period now, and within a week, the whole thing can have changed completely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when those started coming out, uh, when the Melbourne one came out and then all the New Zealand, the extra ones that weren't on Falling Hole. And that's absolutely fascinating, is it? See, seeing that one night it could be 15 minutes, another night six, the same thing. Yeah. And totally different spins on things. Well, I think I think that was it's the author of its own demise, that line. I think we got, I think in my, Mark's eyes, I think we got a bit too good at it. It right. could be good. It's obviously it's subjective, but yeah. he th- I think he thought we were turning into a band. I think that's mm. what he didn't. He didn't, and, and obviously, clearly, that's what he did with Room to Live. And yeah. I know you really like Room to Live. Yeah, but it's, it's an act of self-sabotage. Yes, yeah. And I can look at it now. The way I'm looking, because since I wrote the book about X, yeah. I obviously I did, it, and I, I'm, yeah. I can look at it now as a piece of work. And that's actually that's quite clever. That. Yeah, but I mean, not, it's, it's always been coloured by our experience. Yeah, but it's not the logical progression from Hex. No, no, not at all. No, it, it, no it, was a, it was like he tried to shake people off or something. Well, yeah. there's no, there's no like about. It. He definitely yeah, did try to shake people. Yeah. But yeah. that was definitely his intention. And, and musically as well, though, because maybe given six months. Those songs might have been. Well, they didn't. If you look at Marquee Chacha, I remember. That one that's on Room to Live is seriously, probably, if not the first, yeah. then it's the second time me and Steve had ever played. Ever played. Ever played. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the yeah. actual recording at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, you can tell if you listen to it. If you listen to it with that in mind, yeah. you think, hey, these fuckers don't know what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of great in a way. Yeah. I oh, know it is. Because sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes there's so many that sit with the radio sessions, isn't it? And you yeah. The first yeah. one as well. Yeah. Well, that's the, yeah, that's the great yeah. thing about Peel sessions. Yeah. yeah. But you don't put that out as you make up, do you? No. Normally. No. 
So, yeah, I was talking about bands that can do that. The only person I can think of, Dylan does it a bit, doesn't he? Yeah. But, I mean, that takes some doing that. But then you've got to have fans who are absolute yeah. uh, obsessive, don't you? Yeah, I took my kids to see uh, Bob Dylan. They were uh, <laughs> nine and 12 at the time. And I just thought, you know what? You should do. Yeah. And uh, and I do I do really like him as well. But I appreciate his frustration <laughs> because, you know, it was at Hyde Park. Very f- and he's playing. No one knows what the hell he's playing. <laughs> and there are, there are like people that have, they're holding up their phones with the um, that f- app on. You know, trying to identify the song. Shazam. He was playing something and it had been going on for ages. No one knew what it was. And my daughter went, "Oh, it's um, it's blowing in the wind." And then these old Dylanologist blokes in front went, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> <laughs> she sort of picked up something. But he, he's, I think he's um, great like that because he. he he, um, for him, there isn't a definitive. There's not a definitive version of any of no, the songs now. That's right. Each one is just a moment in time. And I'm lucky enough actually to get a copy of this oh, 20 CD thing of everything that that Dave records in the studio in '65, '66. Yeah. Now, if you've got the time, which I did have in the first half of lockdown, <laughs> to go through it all and hear how they could, they were all spun is really great. But I, I think it's a brilliant thing to do that because it reminds those audiences and a lot of the people who go to Dylan they. Well, they want to hear the hits. I don't really know what they're going to get. But it's it too big. It's too big to do that, isn't yeah. it? In a way, it's just a strange thing in between. He comes out from behind the keyboard after about every three or four songs. He just sort of stands like that and looks around with his hands on his hips, <laughs> and then goes and sits back down again. Actually, <laughs> bizarre. He can't stand up to sing, so you know. No, yeah, yeah. I'll just go and have a sit down. Yeah. He's at the of the age where having a sit down is a, an activity. Yeah. What yeah. you do this afternoon? I'll have a sit down. But, you know, apart from the obvious gap in economics, in uh, I think that there's a lot of similarities between the the Dylan and the four. Yeah, you know, definitely. The, the different people that come in could completely change the uh, the sort of the feel of it. Yeah. And yet the, uh, there's an identity in it that drives it along as well. Yeah. Which is always interesting because it's the fall, isn't it? It's yeah. not Marky Smith. Yeah. He could have done that. Couldn't yeah. He, he could have done that quite easily. If he if he just said to you. Martin Brown is leaving. I'm not going to call it the Marquis. I'm going to call it the Marquis Smith yeah. band. You wouldn't have said, no, I'm not fucking doing that, would no. you? No. Well, I met, I met Robert Fripp once from King Crimson, and I'm sure you're all huge fans. But he, uh, <laughs> but he, um, he said that King Crimson existed as this kind of entity that was beyond him, and he knew when it was time, when something was King Crimson and when it wasn't, even when it was completely different people. He seemed to have a sort of idea in his head of what it was, and I think um, there is a sort of idea of what the fall is to a fan, and it can encompass a thing that sounds a bit like Italian dance music, yeah. and it can also encompass something that sounds like a Stooges outtake. Yeah. And, you don't, and it's really hard to say exactly what it was, which is weird when people say it all sounds the same. Because um, it sounds it more does. radically different than it yeah, definitely, yeah, with yeah. a comparatively long lifespan. Yeah. You know, Most people have to keep knocking out things that have some relationship. You have to sound like yourself. Yeah, yeah. But so why is Post Nearly Man not a Fall album? That's the that's because uh, probably because there's not enough music. Yeah, it's spoken word. Yeah, it? yeah just, you know, he's Mark talking with a load of racket in the background. Yeah, you'd yeah. never get away with that on a fall album, would you? Not, it's just different enough, isn't it? That it's, um, I don't know. Well, I don't it's, know. It's, it's, well like, the answer is probably it was probably you'd know more about it than me. Probably down to some contractual obligation. Probably, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, very possibly. Yeah, but the, but that's the thing because he was never interested in being a solo artist, was he? And it, it, that's. 
Well, what I always hated about is me and your granny on bongos, you know, yeah. because it clearly isn't you and your granny on bongos. You can tell when it's yeah. you and your granny on bongos, yeah. and it's really, I think it's quite a, quite um, insulting. In it was insulting, it was probably meant to be. And it was oh, yeah, okay. defensive, wasn't it? And it was also a way of, a lot of what you seemed to do was about shutting down discussion, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't want to have to answer particular kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. So in interviews, you would say obtuse things or behave strangely. So, and I, know, I was supposed to interview uh, Rocky Erickson once from the 34 Elevators for some paper, and um, everyone said he'd gone mad and he thought frogs was orchids and stuff. <laughs> he did much the same thing. I think he had gone a bit mad, but he partly pretended to think he was from space or something because he didn't really want to have to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. tuning I mean, his guitars or whatever. Yeah, you, I, I really miss that with interviews. They're not yeah. like that anymore. Are they? Mark, to Mark, an interview with Marky Smith, it was... It was completely separate from listening to a record. Yeah. It's, a, it's an event in its own right. If you yeah, like. I suppose that is the thing. There's this other body of work, isn't there, which is the stories that surround it, yeah. that are created by him, what his reaction to him, and then by other people's contradictory memories yeah. of what they were. You know, you, you, there's a story in your book that I made up. I know. I know. Okay, I'm glad you know that. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad about it. Did you know at the time that I'd made it up? I had, uh, I've talked about this with the publisher. So I did a sort of experiment. I thought, I wonder if you make something up. No, no, no. Yeah. I have talked about this yeah. with the publisher with Selwyn. And, uh, yeah. He said, because Mark used to do that. Right. He would send, there's a, there's a, yeah, it does come up online every now and again yeah. that, that Mark E. Smith sent me a postcard yeah. from where. Paul, Paul researchers should put one up, aren't they? Yeah. From the scars. He used to do that for every NME, yeah. uh, every Christmas they'd get a card yeah. from yeah. him. And so, yeah, we rationalised it. That, right. that, that it, it. It's a story, but it shows yeah, it Mark. Yeah. It shows how Mark was. Yeah, it was a, I think it's a story about Franz Kafka. Yeah. I just thought, yeah, yeah. somebody was asking me about it, I just thought, I wonder if we just make something up, like what, how, what, would, what traction it would get. I can't yeah. imagine it would end up in the. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the spirit of the. I don't know. Yeah. It gets a bit wanky at this point. Yeah. It's kind of it's in the spirit of the, that's what that, that's what I that's thought, what I thought it was yeah. plausible. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I think. Without being funny, that's what's quite amazing about your book is it's like a novel, isn't it? So the idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, so it's whatever. It's about it. Tell with it, that kind of even if it's not exactly because you've got me saying stuff I never said. I would never have. I wouldn't in a million years have told Bricks that uh, Elves was a rip off of I Want to Be Your Dog. No way, because you'd have come back and told well, me. Well, yeah, we come back round to the people's memory of it. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm braver yeah. in your memory than I was. He's improved you in his memory. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's scenes isn't it yeah so obviously you set the scene you're in some dressing room and yeah, you're yeah. trying to remember what people say and you say what you believe they might say yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm quite prepared to say that I said this is a complete lift if I want to be oh, <laughs> great that breaks yeah thanks yeah can't wait to record this well, there was about four complete lifts of uh Want to be yeah. by the end of the yeah. of the run of the whole thing. I mean, it's a good riff to yeah. Nick, isn't it? Yeah, nothing exists in isolation, no. does it? No, and that's another thing. Mate, you're talking about making if you wanted to make a film about the fall, you'd have to, have to communicate to people the mindset whereby things were not known, were they? Beyond a certain, I mean, no, like you were in like the biggest cult bands that your mum hadn't heard of. Yes, you know that's I mean? right. Yeah, sort of a, a really hard thing to explain. It, it was one of the it was like, what do you do? Well, I'm in a band. What yeah. are you called? They had a thought, never heard of them, you know. And that was, I mean, that was. And the, the ne- next question. Yeah. Do you remember? Have you ever been on top of the? Have you ever been on top of the box? No, no. no. <laughs> well, with us, it was always 
um, with me. So he said, did you ever play uh, Jongleurs? Because our office goes there at Christmas. And I go, no, I'm going to I've got a six-night run at the Salford, uh, <laughs> you know, Lowry. And I go, yeah, but have you done um, Jongleurs? Because we go there at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the Moodists? Right? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dave Graney is yeah, still yeah, going. Yeah, I get on yeah, very well with him. Yeah. He wrote a great yeah. book uh, called How mm. to Be a Bludge or something. Anyway, part of it was about when the Moodists were a peel band in the 80s and he was working in shops and stuff in London and restaurants and things and people would go what, what are you you go I'm a musician and they go oh my um, brother is in a weddings covers band actually you should get together and jam with him and he'd go well it's not really like that <laughs> then, then one Christmas because he was Australian the office where he was working gave him a t-shirt of Nick Cave <laughs> and he was like they had members crossing over and he would, yeah. he would be, always be opening for him and it, it was so funny but he's really really good on that how fucking embarrassing it is having to explain what you do yeah. when you're in this twin world where some people are going oh, I can't believe you I love your stuff and then even your own family are going never well we've never heard of you yeah, like, yeah. and then they come yeah. and see you and they're embarrassed because it's yeah. not we what talked, they thought uh, you know. we talked about that we did, we did a, uh, an episode at Christmas with our two brothers who are, you know we said, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. basically it was just my brother Ali saying I always thought you were shy <laughs> and we took a book there with him yeah, yeah. the family folklore is that he came to see us at the picture and brought a book with him to read he, he, he reckons it was for on the bus and he never got it out yeah, yeah. I'm still not convinced but that, that, that whole thing was like my, my mum and dad never saw the fall it wouldn't yeah. have cro- it wouldn't have crossed their mind in a million years yeah, you know yeah. 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 Uh, not even the ballet or the play no, or no. anything no I mean it would be the only time my dad ever saw me play was uh, the band we formed after we left the Fort oh. Lark <laughs> at the Witchwood in Ashton you did him no favours there <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> no but I mean it wasn't a, it wasn't what dads did I don't think and no like, yeah, but also it wasn't you know it was, it's hard to go back to that time and remember when things could just be not known yeah but would be viable but you know not known but uh, the, 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 that whole idea of a cough as well where dads don't listen to that that's yeah, gone as well though, completely way. hasn't it I mean yeah I mean that is weird I mean I, you know there's it's difficult for my son because obviously one of the things that kid tries to do is they try to establish their own identity mm. yeah and he got into Mogwai you know and he's going have you heard this and I went Oh yeah, so I thought I think I, I saw them at the George Roby in 1993, <laughs> playing to 12 people, <laughs> opening for the Scud Mountain Boys. <laughs> Alternative, which I'm a conceited Oh, my God. You ruined that. I look for something else. <laughs> 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 not, not happened to you yet, no? Not too cool for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah. Yeah, you straight in with. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, thing, that thing about the fall is it's gone now. People seem, people I talk to seem to know who the fall are now. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They seem to be uh, thought of as. Um, uh, significant and I, I think actually it's a bit like Barry Cryer died yesterday yes mm. like loads of people dimly knew who he was his sort of face on things I, I don't watch the panel shows but I know he's been on a lot of them lately yeah. but suddenly the obituaries enabled you to see that since 1953 he wrote he wrote for all the first oh, well, wave yeah. of people yeah and then he w- was also able to work for Dave Allen and then he was also in the end part of sort of our circuit as yeah. well and then when you add all that up people realise he's sort of not known 
noticed in his life almost, and then it really adds up to something. And um, I think it was a bit like when the obituaries came out, people realised that this thing was actually gone on for ages and was quite significant. Yeah. And um, wasn't just this sort of background noise in the middle of the afternoon at a festival or something. It no. was like a thing that had really uh, done something. And um, I think it's it, it, it's it is a shame that that does happen a lot. That it takes the end of something for people yeah. to yeah, understand definitely. it. Definitely. And actually, yeah. even as a fan, actually, when it finished. I, I, I wasn't. I, it, it's quite. It, 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 it was. It's quite nerve-wracking being a fan of the football because you worry what's going to happen next. It's incredible, that isn't you it? Know, it was, yeah. I mean, what a thing to say. Imagine being at a, a, you know, unless you know, yeah. unless it was Slipknot and you thought yeah. someone might throw a knife at you. Yeah, yeah. Why, be, why would you ever be scared? But it was also, you were, but when it when it finished. You could, well, you could you could sort of get uh, uh, when it finished. You could sort of get a perspective on the whole. Yeah. Thing. And I suddenly found it much funnier than I ever had, and it seemed sort of uh, really absurd in a kind of surrealist art kind of way that you had this voice of this man that, by all accounts, couldn't really sing, but uh, going over all these different kinds of music over the decades, yeah. and and loads of the words that were like social commentary jumped out more. When the, a line was drawn under it, it mm. sort of made yeah. um, it just made more more sense when it finished. As does Barry Cryer, although it's not well, yeah, a similar thing to the. Well, it is kind of the, the you know it's that old thing of development. I think that people who yeah. you know, not that many people bought the album already did when the album yeah. about. So yeah. it was it, it, that comedian's comedian kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's good actually because the last two days all these Barry Cryer jokes have been doing the rounds, mm. like you know. They're all they're all the sort of jokes you, you kind of forget that, that are really funny and people think they can tell them but they can't. Like, no, you know, a couple are walking on the street and the wife goes, "Isn't that the Archbishop of Canterbury over there?" <laughs> and the bloke goes, "I don't know. I'll go and ask him." He goes, "Over you, the Archbishop of Canterbury." The bloke goes, "Fuck off." He goes back to his wife. What did he say? Is it the Archbishop of Canterbury? Well, he just told me to fuck off, and she says, "Well, we'll never know." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's only with the end. He he was um, once. I was in a car with Tim Bradford, who's a writer, and he said to me, "Do you know loads of people in showbiz and comedy?" I went, "I don't really know anyone. I sort of know Harry Hill socially and Kevin Elton, the actor. Other than that, I don't really see anyone. I'm not really." And then the phone rang, and I took the call. I went, "Oh yeah, right." And I got. He went, "Who was that?" And I went, "It's a parrot." Right? <laughs> <laughs> he used to ring you up. He used to ring. Apparently so. He used to I was going to ask you that. Were you one of his phone people? Oh, why was he? Yeah, and of course, you think you're special. And then the witches come out. There's about 500 <laughs> people. And like, he used to ring me every year. I'm like, he must have sat there all day, ringing, ringing <laughs> everyone's birthday. And a joke for everyone. That's yeah. great. But he was, he was, the good thing about it, well, lots of good things about him, but he, he never got to that, these comedians, these things. No, he didn't. Shine. And actually, he was, he was good in the opposite direction because he wanted to let us know when we were young that actually everything before 1979 wasn't just people going it's more the Asian family who moved in yeah, yeah. he wanted you to know that there had mm. been other kinds of stuff and he'd been part of that so he was really good like that yeah. you know and um, I th- but again it's funny these sort of gateway things that's sort of what you know that was another thing about about the fall if you're lucky enough to get into it as a teenager it was more difficult in the 80s because you couldn't find stuff but you were pushed towards finding out about Cat or Captain Beefheart yeah yeah. and then some of the in the words the allusions to different writers and stuff were definitely or even the name of it I mean I read you know I read Camus at 13 because of the fall yeah, you know, yeah. because it was and uh, you know so it was a sort of uh, that and Peel and BBC Two was a kind of alternative educational. Yes, if you followed the tributaries, then. Mm-hmm. Well, that was that. That 
it's become that whole thing of working cl- clever working class people. I mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche, yeah. but it seems to me that it's, it's almost impossible for it to be a working class musician and clever and have something to say at the same time. I think well, it's because a lot of the lot of the little support networks that you forget behind have sort of disappeared. Yeah, like mm-hmm. squats, grants for education, things like that. Yeah. You know. Um, so we think we're more free and we've got more, more options, but actually lots of things have... But I mean, it's, it's, it's the turn of it. It's in everything now, acting. There's no, yeah. you know, yeah. that was that, that big watershed moment when Bowie and Alan Rickman died at the same yeah. time. And it was like that, the last working class actor. Because it, it doesn't exist really. Well, my nephew's trying to be an actor. And it's, you've got to be at ne- in London at nine o'clock in the morning. And by the way, we might call you back at seven that night. So yeah. that's two nights in a hotel in London. Yeah, yeah. Mm. For the merest sniff of getting anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. you're not getting that from, you know, cancelled. And the music business is pretty much the same, isn't it? The, you've got to have money now to yeah, get it. Yeah, so. you can. And that's, yeah. what surprises me about music business how good musicians everybody are. The yeah. idea that Pete Hook could go into the Sex Pistols, buy a ba- bass from Maisel Radio and be playing a gig a week later, you know, with dots written on the top. Yeah, but the other thing you don't you get is they don't they don't seem to develop creatively at the same speed because, like, there's this sort of slight, I think they've finished it up now, but there's this sort of hippie-ish kind of 70s-style sort of folk rock band that I like called Wolf People, and they made about four albums in a decade and a half because they all had to have jobs. Yeah. And... and uh, you know that that you, you would have done that in two years, yeah. And and with the with the development, the, yeah. But, but everyone was hanging into some cheap housing by the skin of their teeth, uh, or or some part time job or piecework or whatever, mm-hmm. and getting a bit off the music. And but it did mean that the acceleration was fast. But then also these sort of major label indie bands, they have to go and work all the different territories, don't they? And then come back and do the next. Yeah, album. yeah, yeah. They're kind of it's kind of. The, de- the development's kind of held back by economics and marketing. Well, especially now. I mean, with the with the pandemic the closing, closing gigs, yeah. there is no, I can't say there's any viable way to be a, no. an indie band. And that's what you do for a living. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a band that plays yeah. the, you know, small venues. And you, yeah. could, you couldn't be done. Yeah. Because well, like yeah, it, you, don't want to, you don't want to end up saying like someone, I mean, I always think it's like someone going, Oh, they don't. This should be dry stone walling. <laughs> yeah. Why is it breeze block? <laughs> but it's, no, there's no skill in it. But you do. You feel that actually, with, with comedy, what's happened is that the, the show you all coming to see tonight. There's not going to be many shows like that in the future because that's a show written by someone, and it could be anyone. But it's a show written by someone yeah, yeah. and their craft on the circuit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, five nights a week in clubs mm. and trying to put the sort of twenty minutes together and then an hour. And then you end up doing two hours and you have an idea of how it all fits together. What happens now is someone get really famous from doing 90 second things on the internet. Mm-hmm. Then they try and, then the promoter tries to put them out there. And the show, that's what the show's like. The show's like little things stuck together. It's not like a, a piece, you know, and, and, and because actually the process of discovery is too expensive now for them yeah. for them to move to a population centre which has got more than 20 clubs in it. Yeah. At the age of 21. and. and Try and do yeah. it. They need. They need to get on with. They can't afford the rent. They. They can't do what we did, which mm. is basically take ten years off for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to sort of risk and see what happens, and you know. So is it still comedy? Still, everyone writing their own material because it would never well, was, and then everybody. Okay, was. It was. It, it wasn't yeah. until about seventy nine. Yeah. Then it was, and now most of the people that. 
are, if, if they're a big name and they also do acting and TV presenting, they're probably not writing it. Right, right. But, and, um, well, some of them, it's out in the open, so we can say Jack Whitehall was written by Freddie Syburn, uh, his stand-up. Um, Frankie Boyle has a number of people, but he, to, to be fair, he does have a distinctive sort of tone, so yeah. they kind of know what they're writing for, and he does write as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, um, Michael McIntyre, a lot of it is Paul Tonkinson. Um, yeah. A lot of it is old material, actually, just changed a bit. Right. Um, then, uh, then. Um, is there anything wrong with that, though? I mean, well, it depends if you're coming across as you're. Okay, what I think's wrong with it as the, as like a shop a shop steward yeah, is, yeah, yeah. um, is that if you write a hit single or a play, mm-hmm. your name's on it and you get royalties on it. Yeah, yeah. What tends to happen with those people is they get a day rate for going in and workshopping. Really? Really? Ah, right. Uh, okay. Well, I suppose yeah. I suppose there's no royalty rate for yeah, I wrote that job. That it's not like. The tour of that person doesn't say written by Sam. So yeah, and they think they hide it on panel shows, don't they? They put scripts yeah, they at it. All them uh, program consultants. Program consultants. Yeah. yeah, that was. I felt so naive, and I never, I'd never done any of those. And I went along when I was getting married. Oh, I was in, I was in a bit of trouble financially. Well, I got offered one, and you know, it was about six, seven hundred quid or something like that. You know, yeah. a lot. Oh, I thought well, I found out later everyone else was on about three times <laughs> I, um, I went along to it and then oh you need to go in the writer's room and I thought what and then all these people have written loads of stuff for the show that you're, if you want it you can learn it and right. say it right. and I thought I thought everyone was making it up I had no yeah. idea I felt like I felt such a bloody idiot and of course I didn't when it started I just did not know what to do because I didn't understand <laughs> that it was a sort of an act of learned things being, right. being okay. said, you know, and I felt so naive. And I did three of them and then I never did them again because I liked it. One of the nice things in that film with Rob Lloyd, this is what I was thinking about, what I, why I couldn't figure out the panel shows is, he, you know he's funny, right? But you, you, you sometimes sort of manoeuvre him to a point where you give him the laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, yeah, yeah. You right. sort of, you, you kind of do yourself down to allow him to... Yeah. Um, what you know, you, you can sort of, you can sort of for the camera, you can kind of work a conversation around to a yeah. payoff point. And they never really do that on those shows. They all sort of step on each other, you know. Yeah. So, um, and I suppose you do that. That's the one thing when I have done music that I've liked about it was an element where you make space for other people. Yes. Or or you can see it's better if they. If something goes at this point and you support it mm-hmm. rather than, you know, I've, I've yeah, but there's, no, there's no reason why you couldn't. It's about do. the bigger picture, there's, isn't it? There's yeah. no reason why you couldn't do that on a panel show. You, you would I think know. at the end of the day, if this yeah. is a funny show, then we all look better. Well, surely that. Yeah, I know. I just think everyone wants to get noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People want to get noticed now, you know. Oh. But you do, you, you do. You don't want to be sitting in this dressing room in the afternoon sounding like you're going, you know. Why can't everything be made of wood? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a Damon Almond thing. But he picked on the wrong person there with Taylor Swift. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Of all the people that picked, mm. Jesus Christ, A, she does write stuff, and B, yeah. there are 14 billion people who are going to jump on you for saying yeah. I noticed that with this group, Wet Leg. Have you seen them? I've not seen them. I've seen okay. them. Yeah, 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 they... Um, that started off that they'd been put together by men as a as a sort of well, I thought, well they, they probably haven't but it, it just it really quickly attached itself to mm-hmm. women groups it does yeah 
Cool, but I think weren't the Kings of Leon? You'll probably get libel, but didn't the Kings of Leon? Didn't their uncle write it all or something? There is a rumor that yeah. allegedly. And he was yeah. in. The, was he in the remains or some sixties garage band? Or Very possible. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah, the, I've heard that before. That the. Yeah. Uh, but then that, that all came out that uh, oh, but you know, people arguing against what Damien Alvin said. Well, you wrote all the songs for Elastic, and hang on a minute, yeah. <laughs> you just too much. You've just accused him of. <laughs> <laughs> They're all wire songs, aren't they? Yeah, that's well, they are all wire songs, yeah. yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with ripping off stranglers. Stranglers were wire, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's the thing. That's another thing since the fall stopped, is you can sort of see, with the benefit of hindsight, you can see all the things that went into the, your period from other people that you know you kind of. Yeah. And, uh, and how they get mangled and changed around and. Um, you know, because every, every, like you say, people have made studies of it now. Yeah, mm. that's right, yeah. But I think that what was in our favour is we were never really good enough. If you ripped something off, we were never really good enough yeah. to play it properly. So it came out so it came out something yeah. completely different, yeah. Hey, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, me as huge mag, right? Yeah. Is that, is that, is that, that Adamski single for Apparently, me? well, according to uh, Mark Riley, he's the, it's, he's, 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 that's where Mark nicked the riff from, yeah, that uh, babysitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I've got yeah. it, I've got the, um, yeah. You've got it? Yeah, I've got the But that's the interesting thing with that is, he's credited on the album to Smith, because yeah. he wrote it all, yeah. but if on the PRS database, he's credited the music to Mark Riley. So, uh, oh, he's, right. so he's either made a mistake, or he thought, if they come after me, yeah. it's going to have to say Mark Riley on the credits. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I wouldn't put it past it. No. <laughs> Good record, that. Uh, it is, yeah. What was he called then? What was it called? They were called, they were called the, um, Stupid Baby. Some, yeah, something yeah, like that, yeah. yeah. But uh, he was about 11, wasn't he? Yeah, he was about 11, yeah. I think we're we'll about to the hour yeah. point there. Yeah, All right. Don't want to keep you too long. I know you've got to do your warm ups and your. Well, I have to do a long period of Pilates before. Uh, <laughs> you know. Personal trainers come yeah. in at four. That's um. Oh, you know what? It's uh, if, if I'd got on top of this, I would have just uh, I would have just interviewed you two for an hour about things I wanted to know about. But what what I, I might start a podcast. What would you? you the elephant fair that elephant fair. Oh, yeah, let's talk about the elephant fair. That was a really big deal for me because I've been listening to the fall for like three years. So how old were you then? When I was sixteen. So you've been listening since you were five. 13, 13. Yeah. Actually, the first thing I heard that I remember going was, um, look, no, so that'd be what, 81, 82? Yeah. And, I, and in Birmingham... Is it still running? Yeah, yeah. In Birmingham, it was quite difficult to see things because um, a lot of the venues were very... There was a, you know, there was a lot of tight licensing yeah, yeah. about things mm-hmm. and you didn't tend to play in sorts of places where a 13 no, no, no. Be in, you know. And um, I said to my mum, can I... Can I go and see the four at this festival? And she went, no. And I went, why? Because <laughs> there'll be loads of people on drugs and uh, and it's miles away and you're going on your own. And she went, she went, all right, if you do all right in your own levels, you can. And I did, right? So thanks for that. <laughs> you know, that university on a, the incentive. Changed your life. <laughs> there was one thing I wanted to... 
uh, pulled up on. <laughs> you always say you had the drumstick of mine that I yeah. threw into the audience. Yeah, there is no way on God's earth I threw a drumstick. <laughs> no way. Well, I've got, oh, how did he get it into? The how did it get into your hands? Because I would have then had to go back to Mark and say, "Can I have some money for drumstick?" No, it's broken. It snapped. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah, even snapped. so. <laughs> even so. <laughs> Unless it broke while I was throwing. But um, yeah. Yeah, who do you think I am? The drummer I made. Man, I wasn't well, throwing the drums. Well, I've got, I remember it being. I don't know. Anyway, I've got it in a. I've got it in a pot with um with a bit of piano that Mercury Rev smashed to bits. So it's, well, I mean, uh, it's in go. the archive of the holy object. <laughs> so I should have got. I could go there, and I, so I went there, and um and of course it was exactly what the yeah, it's, and I, I didn't never see anything like it. And then, but I saw a lot of the. Uh, it was a little festival, wasn't it? Like they used yeah. to be little old festival. And I, yeah. I remember seeing a lot of the early alternative comics. I like the Pegley and the Popticians and Malcolm Hardy, which was good. And then John Martin in the afternoon without knowing what he was. Then at the U lot lit, lit by there were f- flames. Wasn't yeah, 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 they torches. Flames mm-hmm. on the side, and and also seeing seeing the group wandering around in the afternoon as a sort of as a group and looking like they had an identity, and it was interesting. You know, you looked all looked so young as well, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Thinking not much older than us, even though there was already four or five great albums in the can. Yeah, know? and. Uh, no, I just remember it being absolutely just spellbinding because it was that it was that it was towards the end of that was my favourite period to that point, and it was towards the end of that, and there was still enough linkage back to the big epic tracks of uh, yeah. X Induction Air and Perverted Boy Language and stuff, and uh, but then it was also interesting feeling that tighter sort of popular stuff coming in. But yeah, you know, it was great. And then after that, I went and wandered about. And I, I've only really worked out years later that I was obviously spiked with um, LSD or yeah. magic mushrooms or something because I, I have all these memories of it. And then years later, I think that obviously, you know, I remember <laughs> going in this tent, in this tent, and this woman saying, "Do you want some mushroom something?" I went, "Oh yeah, right." And then there was a covers band on. I've always been saying to people for years, there was a covers band on at the Elephant Bear in this little tent, and they played a version of "The Fool on the Hill" by the Beatles. It went on for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was all like changing and no, it's only a few years later I thought they also thought on the same after watching this four hour performance of uh, how long were you there? I, I went out and I one of my O levels that I had to do well in you had to do a project in history and I did this sounds so precocious but it, never mind I did the difference between King Arthur in mythology and history right that was my O level project and I read this Got to these old things like Nennius was a eighth-century Welsh monk who wrote about King Arthur, and I remember coming out of that four-hour performance of uh, Fool on the Road, <laughs> having a long conversation with a man who said he was an antique dealer, and he had read Nennius and talking to him for ages about Nennius and thinking how weird it was that I would meet this bloke. Of course, that obviously didn't happen. <laughs> 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 I mean, the best in the world. How did it come up in conversation? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Now I think I wonder, but I know you were there. I know that, I mean, definitely that was before. There. That was before this. Oh, yeah. But the great thing about that is that I got that out of the way. I realised without even knowing it had happened. You know. Yeah, that's probably the best but, uh, way to do it. Yeah, but uh, no, it was absolutely. I mean, it's a very vivid memory of the torches either side of the stage. Mm. And, uh, okay. And then, then he could then after that, you know, you, you, I was old enough to get to see the four, you know, a couple of times a year. Right. Although I had a weird period between about. 
92 and 95 where I went to kind of Oedipal struggle with it and I thought I just keep listening to this all the time I've got to and I sort of stopped for about three years and I missed what was quite a good period of 92 and 95 yeah, yeah after when it was a bit electronic mm-hmm. and then before it went yeah. back Bush more like a garage band yeah I thought well that was the lost in music which I think yeah. still say is the best yeah. cover version the fall ever did my, um, my, my brother-in-law in Sweden has only heard one fall album and it was that one and he he, uh, he goes I love the bit when they're in the pub and Lost in Music's playing and he's obviously arguing with the landlord about the kids being in there and uh, and trying to say something in French I thought oh yeah if you don't no it's like a sort of piece of comedy drama almost <laughs> where he's sort of going put the money on the table but to someone in another language or something yeah yeah I mean that's that's because I, I was never a massive fan of Ghost in My House and because um, yeah. they're a bit straight yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, where's that? I mean, it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to stick me back and say it's better than the Sisters Ledge version, but it's, it's you know, it, it's, I think it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember when it was suggested, I was thinking, oh my God, I've got to play like him. I've got to play like Bernard Edwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last time I saw them before my three-year divorce from before was at the Glastonbury about 91, 92, wasn't it, I think? You were uh, on the main stage in the afternoon, and then, uh, and the next time I saw it after that was at uh, that story in about '95. So it was only like a three-year period where I didn't. And then the last twenty years, because you've seen them a lot, seen all, because you could always get to things, you know. Mm. Yeah. But um, but what, how did what, how did you when you did the Spinal Tap riff? Mm. Were you not worried about um, being so obviously the same? Were you not worried about? I know it's funny that Smith didn't know what it was. No, he knew what it he was. Knew. Yeah, right. he knew, yeah. but I don't know. He'd seen Spinal Tap about five yeah, million times. There's but... a thing that you right. put on the tour bus, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I always had that thing that by the time everyone, like, because it's the guitars and things yeah. like, yeah, and uh, by the time everyone's putting. Give over. Finish putting everything over the top. You must be still joking. <laughs> it's still exactly the same. Sometimes you don't get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we haven't got away what with think, it a few What times. do you think when you hear things now, like this, you know, this tune yards, are they called? Or, uh, no. Yarda. Yard, yard. Yeah. Are they called Yarda? Yeah, we're talking about it. Yeah. Band, yeah. yeah, tune yards. That's yeah. how you pronounce it. Yeah, this. Um, <laughs> 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 it's rare, isn't it? Are they like the fall? I don't listen to the album. Uh, there's bits, yeah. It? It, it wouldn't exist without the phone. Mm, I don't know, but you can hear it. But uh, I just, I don't. Well, it was true at the time, wasn't it? Like I listened to them. I thought, yeah, they're good, but there's no energy in it. Right, they don't seem to put the energy in that we were like. I tell you what, it is, it's sort of similar, but it isn't. It isn't confusing in the right. way that yeah. in the way that you. Uh, I, thought, I thought, come on, lads, put it more. Who was I watching the other day? And I was thinking, oh, it was um, Thingy's new band, uh, Tom York. I can't what they called them. Where, they got, I can't remember what they called now, but uh, I was watching them and I was thinking, will you hit them? Fucking <laughs> drunk. <laughs> you know, tippy tapping. Will you hit them? But no, the, 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 apart from that, it's very good, but I, I don't like drummers who piss up out like that. Who's your favourite drummer then? Of all time, Ringo, it's got to be. Really? R- R- Ringo and then John Marr, Buscox, I think, but that's a more fanboy thing, but it's just, I think Ringo completely. Bring yeah. it on the book. He's maligned, isn't he? He, he is unbelievable. You see in that film that 
You you look for that film. I'm an academy for some books here. (laughs) Nobody tells him what to do at any point. They tell George what to do. Paul says to John, "It's this." John says to Paul, "It's this." Bingo sits at the back, and then he comes up with you know with something, something that's exactly right for the song. And I I think he is much maligned. I think I don't know why. No, no. And what about with bass? Because you're based on something anyone else. What favourite bass player? Yeah. It's uh, not like I think. Yeah, favourite bass player. Who are you trying to play like? They're, yeah. they're two different things, aren't they? Yeah. Not really trying to play like another one, don't think. Um, yeah. No, maybe. Oh, no, no. Uh, Tracy Pugh, he was a couple oh, right. birthday party. Yeah, you've tried to play like Tracy Pugh. <laughs> I've got a joke tonight that only you will understand. Oh, really? <laughs> about, uh, based yeah. on un- un- knowing an early birthday party track in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> laugh at it, but I know no one knows what it is about. Well, listen, I'll have Yeah, mm. Tracy Pugh. When, what did you, did, were you, on something like um, An Older Lover, were you able to have quite a lot of it, fun with that like, that's led by the bass isn't it really? mm. when there's everything else is space around it was that something where you could change things a lot or uh, I can't remember how that came about now that song he wrote that I don't, I don't know I don't think anybody wrote it it's one of those certain songs and you certainly think nobody like Ed Priest I always say yeah. nobody wrote that song it was just four, five people in, six, five people in a room just yeah. playing what they mm. want themselves you know <laughs> The, you know, it's been Mark suggested that he wrote it. No, for nobody. You know, there's certain songs you, you think nobody has said to somebody play this, and that's no. that's one. Of, yeah, that, no, no, that's the. I one. mean, there is there is songs where Craig said, you know, I've got this bass line, yeah. and, and Mark and other people, but yeah, that, that's not one of them. Mark's yeah. theory is that uh, under pressure, yeah. by the Queen's ripped off. An oh, really? Mm. <laughs> 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 so again, I sort of think again, you know, when it all finished. You look at some of those things, you think he was trying to create, it was a private joke. Yeah, say yeah. these ridiculous things. Yeah, yeah. And say that something that never would have heard of him was copied off him. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of get that because I sort of, sometimes it's just easier when you're being interviewed to just change the subject and say something that, you know, will draw the fire away. Yeah, you know? I love that about his yeah. interviews. I mean, I, 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 when I, before I joined The Fall, and when I first joined, his between song part was yeah. all, it was almost as good as the songs. He could rip the you know you can hear it on Total's turns. You know, are you doing what you did two years ago? Yeah, it's done wicked. Someone's done a book of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well, do, you, you, do you remember a group called um, the Country Teasers? Uh, vaguely, I don't. Okay, know. They, were, they were like an Edinburgh sort of rockabilly band, but the the attitude was very like the fall in terms of they'd write he'd write about socially contentious subjects the guy and he uh, they did a song that was exactly the same as Fury Jack and in it he, he started saying people say oh, I've copied this off Fury Jack and they haven't right <laughs> that was really funny so at the end this is about 20 years ago I shouted out are you doing what you did 10 years ago and he went uh, no, and I won't make a career. <laughs> yeah, but he kind of he steps away from that because yeah, I think people yeah. are talking about that more than the song. Yeah, yeah. And then similarly in interviews, there's a period with his interviews, and you just think this is I could li- read these interviews and never listen to it. Not I, but you yeah. know, I don't really need to listen to the full to yeah. these interviews are just great. But then it then it it kind of a bit sort of parody of himself in a way, which mm. because that's the, the, when we had Martin on Martin Brahma, we had him on the post, and he was saying this character that he created, Mark sort of created this character that was half him and half Kay Carroll, 
Oh, really? So when Kay went, he created, you know, he got this character that was like, you know, and then yeah. the problem with that is with any of them is when it's, you, it's your name, yeah, you get, it becomes you, doesn't it? And you become it. So No, I mean, I, you know, I have trouble with that really to mm. some extent. But I, I mean, that's why I've been, this has been taking me so long, especially right in this introduction to this book, The Bloater, which has been out of print for 52 years, and I really like it, and obviously turned up on the search engine as the best well-known person that likes it, because everyone else is three professors. Well-known for writing forwards. Yeah, and then he goes, and I know, I know that I've only been asked to do it, really, because I'm an E-list celebrity, and that might, there's obviously some professor in Indiana that's better at it than that. And I thought, yeah, but he's not better at writing introductions. Well, I've got the introduction. Then I thought, I thought well, what am I supposed to be writing? Am I supposed to be writing as me? Or is it supposed to be the comedian? Or an awkward mess of both? And I wish, sometimes wish I'd made the distinction. You know? Well, yeah, I, I, I tell you, I always think that about what's it, you know, the Al Murray. Al Landlord, yeah. Using his real name for that. Yeah, I know, it's really diff- really weird that that happened. I, I lived with him at the time he was developing yeah. character. And, uh, you know, I just I just never thought it would be that popular. Right. But then he had, a, he had a thing that, you know, he had a difficult thing where the problem was that started out as a sort of as a sort of parody of something that in the end became mainstream thinking. Yeah, I know. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and, the, you know, a lot of the people that are going along just agreed with it. Yeah. And you, you, you fuck now, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> especially when it comes out that he's basically an upper-class member of the aristocracy. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think actually, if, if Mark hadn't died when he had done, the polarisation of British politics might have been a difficult thing for him to write about. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. He liked to take a contrary position. That's right. Um, for either because he believed it or for comic effect, and I never and I don't really care which it was. Cause I'm, I'm not sure he even knew himself. Knew himself but the problem now is that uh, things are so polarized, and it's not cl- uh, you know the establishment of Etonian people say that they're fighting against the establishment. Yeah. Of the Labour Party and woke people, it just doesn't. I don't know where he would have landed now no. in terms of, and I, and I expect it might have become quite uncomfortable. Yeah. I think he'd uh, been. I think know. it's best he'd have been clever enough to sidestep it. You'd yeah. like to think, wouldn't you? Yeah. But it's difficult you know, to, to to not express yeah. a real opinion about yeah, some yeah, of the shit yeah. that's going on now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've thought over the last couple of years what Mark would have made of all this, yeah. though. About the, well, I think you would have got some good stuff out of two years of lockdown. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I think you would have said people were weak for staying in their house. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd have been the greatest mask advocate, do you? Of course, could I I think in a way, the, the reputation of the group may have dodged a bullet there. It could have gone pretty. It might have been really, because a lot of people are saying some weird things. I mean, like, Janice Coleman's a anti vaccine. Is he? Like, isn't he? Yeah. There's some. And, Van Morrison as well. Van fucking Brown. Well, I mean, the only, th- the only thing I'll say is Eric Crapton couldn't have gone down in my estimation. <laughs> no. So that's all right. Yeah. Always thought he, well, he, he oh, clearly yeah, is. That, that stuff never stuck to him, did it, though? All that rock against racism stuff. Well, yeah, but he, 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 not enough. No. Not, I mean, it stuck to him a bit among yeah, certain yeah. people. But, yeah. I mean, that wasn't a coy one sentence in an interview with The Guardian. You know, that was the standing on stage saying, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just unspeakable stuff. Yeah. And he, he still bounced back for him, and he still gets sympathetic mm-hmm. treatment. Right? We're not ending on Eric Clapton, are we? Please <laughs> move, to move it around. Yeah. yeah, you have to move it. Get Eric Clapton towards the beginning. You know, it's good, good if you can end on... I like if you can end on a sort of hanging cage or something. And I sometimes wonder, you know, 
it might all have been different if something had happened like that. <laughs> and then he goes, thank you for joining us. You finish like that. There you go. That's how you finish a podcast. <laughs> well, that, that was what the one we did at Christmas was it ends on with Steve saying, I'll have to cut that bit about Ralph Harris out. <laughs> 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 that was my brother Harry he said that I saw two people at the Hacienda uh, Rolf Harris and the fall and right. I'm less embarrassed about seeing Rolf <laughs> which one do you regret the most <laughs> brilliant have you yeah. seen that um, that all women's fall covers back yeah yeah, yeah the fall was in Iceland uh, with them, didn't I did they? I did yeah. um, Garza actually oh did you right, yeah, right. yeah the fall women they're great yeah. aren't they they were good yeah, yeah they were um, oh really aren't they they'd have been a good lineup of the fall yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they're they're really they really take their time over mm-hmm. working it out all out. I think it's quite a good little exercise for them. You know, it's interesting again with that how which ones work and which don't when people try and yeah. change things. You know, right, right. yeah. Because well, mm-hmm. we've tried Totally Wired. You'd think Totally Wired would be the easiest one in the world to yeah. do. We've tried it with, we did it with Tom, we did it with Extra Care, it's been shit every time we've ever done it, so <laughs> much, I'm concerned. Because it turns into some, because it's a, the thing about Totally Wired is it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end, and yeah. it's got a structure, but it's yeah. unusual yeah. for the form. Yeah. Yeah. And then it ends up lasting a quarter of a yeah. fucking hour and, and, the, and pissing about. And, and, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> and, and it's anything but Totally Wired. Anything but Totally Wired, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're the uh, last episode. I have the, the, the last Shadow Puppets version is, yeah. is quite like the way we did it with the extra game which is not it's not bad but it's there's still too much you know we're going we're to get a bit edgy here now we're yeah. all going you know, to drop it down and all, which was great on some fall songs yeah, but that's yeah. that's the yeah. one song that doesn't need it <laughs> thank you very much thanks Stuart right man. well no thank, yeah. you know, thank you and not just for today <laughs> the, a life changing uh, you know that's about you you must get people saying that all the time Thanks for joining us this week on Old Brother. Episodes are released every second Monday, so watch for the next episode in two weeks. Please follow us on Twitter, at Old Brother Show, where you can find a link to Spotify and subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher or RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, give us a rating on iTunes, subscribe on the YouTubes, or just tell your friends. For further reading, you can check out our books about the fall, The Big Midweek and Hallow Bleeding Guests, which includes a foreword by Mr Stuart Lee, available from Root Publishers and all good bookstores. Hope to speak to you all again soon. Remember, if you're driving, take your car. Ta ra! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 